Hello, friends, and welcome to Thank You for the Music, the ABBA podcast you never knew you needed. We are your hosts, Lauren and Julie, and you're listening to Tiger, the ninth song from ABBA's fourth studio album, Arrival. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm good. I've missed you. I missed you, too, Lauren. Glad we're on the same page. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, what, a week? It has been. Too it long. It has been a week. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Why are you so spicy? I don't know. These episodes always turn out better when you're spicy, though, to be fair. <laughs> That's true. Last week, the spice was not there. It was just no. franticism. The week before, though... The spice was there. Oh, yeah. Spice was there. Spice is back. Baby spice. Baby spice. <laughs> Julie. Lauren. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you feeling tonight? Like a like a tiger? Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> My tiger has hard R's. Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> Do do tigers even roar? Or do they like meow like cats? Good question. What sound do tigers make? Uh, Deep roars. Deep roars. (laughs) 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 All right. Lauren, do you want to ask me what song we're singing? Julie, what song are we singing this week? Lauren, I will tell you what song we're singing this week. And it is Tiger, my favorite animal. Tiger. Is it really? Yeah. My favorite I animal. I didn't know. Yeah. Tigers. Lauren, I'll give you some history about this song, Tiger. Okay. Okay. Although there's not much to it, I will say. There's not a lot to it. I didn't think there would be. There really isn't. It's all just the context of the song. There's not a lot of facts about it. Facts about it. Facts. Tiger was written, obviously, by Bjorn and Benny, mostly Bjorn, in 1975, 76, for their album Arrival that was released in 1976 and it is written from the perspective of a threatening entity warning the listener of the dangers of a city the exact meaning behind tiger is debated although many people agree that tiger is used as a metaphor for dangerous aspects of city life now that could be a stalker a serial killer drugs who knows? Mm-hmm. Many people have different opinions and theories. Mm-hmm. Many people, including yours truly, Lauren. <gasps> Tropical Loveland. Tropical Loveland. Actually, this is the one episode where I don't relate this song to <laughs> Tropical Loveland. This song is not a part of the Tropical Loveland no. cinematic universe. No, it is Interesting. not. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, as you know, Lauren... In the 1970s, many of the world's biggest cities were regarded as dangerous places, with certain streets and whole areas that people would just flat out avoid at night, or even Mm -hmm. during the day sometimes. There are a couple of those. And maybe that's that's where this song stems from? Hmm. Maybe Bjorn had an altercation or something when he was in a city? Who knows? Maybe. Around the time that the Arrival album was released, there were reports that Tiger was under consideration for release as a single. But it wasn't meant to be. Mm. Though it did have a release in 7-inch form in Japan on the B-side of Dancing Queen. 
and in Argentina, coupled with another Arrival track, Dum Dum Diddle. Hmm. The year after Arrival was released, Tiger was used as the opening number for ABBA's concerts in Europe and in Australia, which can be seen in the feature film ABBA the Movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Agneta's face in it is absolutely crazy. Is it? Her eyes are huge. Really? Yeah. Like a tiger's? Yeah. If you had watched it, you would know. Yeah, she's very much like... (laughs) (laughs) Not even kidding. That's how she looks. She looks like she's seen a tiger. Yes. Okay. She looked at a tiger and then switched bodies with it. Lauren, the only other thing to add about this song is that during those 1977 concert tours, the song was preceded by the sound of helicopters booming over the speakers. Ooh, kind of like a like a Blade Runner kind of situation, it feels like. Maybe. Hmm. But I don't know what it links to. Does it link to the city part of this song? I think so, yeah. You think so? The surveillance part. Ooh. You're always on watch. Ooh. Yeah. I'm watching you. Mm-hmm. I am behind you. I'll always find you. I am the tiger. Tiger. Lauren, I, I give our singing 10 out of 10 always. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's why people come to this show. Yes. <laughs> Lauren? Yes. Now that we know some of the history of this song, how are we going to score it? How do we do that on this show? I don't know. You always say something about a scale and then I zone out and forget. And then I just guess about what score I want to give. <laughs> did you so. actually give it a score or no? I did. I did? did. Good. Okay. I did not check it against my other ones, but I did give it a score. Oh, okay. That's all right. It's whatever you're feeling in the moment. Progress. Progress. Lauren, on a scale of one to 10, if one is ABBA going on hiatus for 40 years and 10 is us going on hiatus from this podcast for four months, plus a few weeks when Lauren went to ABBA Voyage and Julie was sick, and then a couple days when we threw some random crap at the podcast because we weren't able to record, how are we going to rate this song tonight? Julie. Yeah. I do actually really like this song. (laughs) Yeah. I knew you would. Yeah. It's, how can you not? I know. Honestly. I know. So I rated it 8.6. Whoa. That is pretty high. Mm, looking at the ones like My Love, My Life mm-hmm. and Money, Money, Money. And I think I like this one about the same or better. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's all okay. in the rhythm. Okay. All right. I'll believe you. Yep. I'll believe you. There it is. There it is. Do you want to hear my score? Not particularly. Okay. Good. I'll give you two scores then. Okay, the first. (laughs) I'm kidding. Please tell me. Score. Okay, so the first score I would give this song, I want to give it a 5.4. Why? 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 No one cares why, Julie, but you're going to tell us anyways. That's right. I'll tell you anyways. I would give this song a 5.4 because tigers have five claws on their front paws and four claws on their back paws. 5.4. 5.4. What does that have to do with the song? It's it's my score, Lauren. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to give it. But what okay. does a tiger have to do with a city anyways? So we'll get into it. We'll okay. get into it. A little more about tigers. Oh, science lesson. Yes, the five claws on their front paws. It's mm-hmm. actually four claws and then a dew claw located oh. up high on, on the limb. 
So since they're located so high, they don't suffer as much wear and tear as the other claws because they don't contact with the ground. Mm -hmm. So when you see a paw print from a tiger, you don't see that fifth claw. So you would think that they only have four claws, but they do have five. Sneaky. So this means that that dew claw, it can become particularly long and sharp and very useful for holding prey. Mm. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's not the score I'm going to give this song, Lauren. I just wanted (laughs) to give you a history lesson on tigers because they're my favorite animal. Thank you for sharing. I had no idea. You're welcome. Wow. Here's the score I'm going to give this song, and I'm going to give it a 6.7. Pretty good. Whoa. Pretty good. Not as good as as some of the other ones on this album, but I'm going to give it a 6.7, which is pretty good in my book. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Lauren, give me what you got on this one. Why do you like it? Lots of reasons. Okay. Maybe the main being that it's, it feels like a precursor to 80s synth wave music. Like when I listen to the song, I can't stop picturing things like the opening scene of Blade Runner, where it's like a dark and scary city, but it's like this song is a precursor to that, obviously, because it's in the 70s, not the 80s. Um, But it's a really interesting take on urban life. And then I also think that the rhythm and the pace of the song sounds like it's a chase, obviously. Um, And I think the the various pieces of the song, because right, there's pieces that are very vastly different from each other. Those different pieces make it very disorienting, like it maybe would be if you were being chased through a city by someone or something. Or even... Through the woods, through a dark place, through a jungle, through a jungle. It might be scary and disorienting. And I think those waves that the song rides exemplifies that. I have to agree with you, Lauren. And I didn't think about this before, but you're absolutely right about the kind of not disjointedness, but the abrupt changes in mm-hmm. this song. Yes. And I do like that image that you're you're presenting here of somebody being chased and they have to go down one alley or they have to go down this this part of the jungle and, and jump over some logs or things like that and mm-hmm. then immediately change direction when there's an obstacle or something. Yes. So I really like that take. Yes. And it's also interesting because the singing, the vocals part of this song, give you the sense and the feeling that the you know metaphorical tiger is the one that's in charge of the situation. Like the tiger's in complete control. And I think that that is really well exemplified in the part... What do they say? Oh, is it the yellow, yellow eyes? eyes are glowing like yeah. the neon lights? Yes. That part makes me think of like the chaser is taking a moment to like breathe, but also almost taunting, mm-hmm. taunting the person that they're chasing because it kind of feels like a game almost. You know, I can take this moment to just breathe and have fun and relax, but like you being chased, you're like still freaking out. It's like highlighting that difference, I guess. Right. And highlighting also the the next two lines, which are, I am behind you. I'll always find you. I've got these yellow eyes. I'm going to see you. Yep. I agree. And it's almost, it's disorienting also in the way because like the yellow eyes line, that section of the song, you're almost not quite sure where the girl's voices are coming from. Like it really, it kind of does sound like it's surrounding you. Mm -hmm. you're not sure which way to turn 
So it just amplifies that fear a little bit more. I will say that part is the only part besides the very end where I get any sense of creepiness or unassuredness. Everything else is very pleasant and upbeat and exuberant. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't sound like it's a warning song. Right. But adding those pieces in. Yes. Make it kind of fearful and scary. Mm -hmm. Frightening. Yeah. If you you just read the lyrics by themselves, this song is scary. It's a Mm -hmm. warning song. Mm Mm-hmm. At the very end, when when they repeat the word tiger, it's as if somebody's saying, tiger, tiger. Yeah, watch out, watch out. Yeah, exactly. Eaten. Yes. But if you're just listening to this song, like, and you forget the lyrics, it's a happy song. It's upbeat. Right. And that's classic ABBA for you. Yep. They're playing off of that dichotomy. Yes. Yeah. I think musically, the song is also very, very good. So, like... We just talked about the structure of the song lends itself to the message of the song. Mm-hmm. But I also think musically, it's really fun and really mm-hmm. enjoyable and easy to listen to. And it's a nice return to the girls singing together mm-hmm. as opposed to Why Did It Have To Be Me in the last song we heard on the album. So yeah, I just like that it's upbeat. And I really, really like the percussive cues and breaks within the song. Um, so like there's that really nice intro and then it has the the hard downbeat before they start singing about the city. The city is a jungle, you yeah, at like 14 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it kind of also reminds me of um, Love Isn't Easy, but it sure, sure is hard enough. They have those big percussive moments, those big wink moments. I don't think that this one is necessarily like a wink moment, but almost like a, um, like you said, like a warning shot. Or like the starting gunshot to a, a race or something in that sense. It like kicks off the stressed and, and excitable energy of the song. For me, just as a listener, the abrupt stops and turns, I guess, bother me just as a listener. Mm-hmm. But I think it makes sense in the song. Right. And that's why it's not like a radio hit because it yeah. doesn't follow a normal convention. Correct. Yes. But it's still fun. It is fun. Lauren? Yeah. What is the tiger? Hmm. What is the tiger? That's why I was late because I was researching and I was trying to answer this question, Lauren, for a good hour and a half. My God. (laughs) Yeah. I did not think of this. Maybe the tiger for them is like always the idea that they may fail in the public eye and fade away from stardom. Or conversely, knowing them and their personalities, that stardom may come up and eat them if they're not careful. That's what I thought about yeah. it. Yeah. I thought the the city might be fame and mm-hmm. then the tiger might be all of the not so good things that come with fame that right. might drag them down. Mm-hmm. But then, mm-hmm. but then, Lauren, I thought, why do they keep bringing up city? Why? And what does that have to do with a tiger? They could have picked any other animal. They could have picked a lion. They could have picked a snake. They could have picked anything else. But why a city and why a tiger? You don't, when you think city, you don't think of tigers, do you? No. No. So that's why, because they say city four times in this song. Yes. So this, the city is a jungle. The city is a, what, prison. So a lot of people have given their thoughts on this song and what, what the meaning of it is. 
I kind of want to get to what is the tiger itself? Nightmares. Yes. So they call the city, they describe the city as a prison, a jungle, a nightmare, and a dream. Hmm. So I think city is the common theme, the common entity in this song. Yep. So I definitely, I kind of went through a whole process with this, thinking, you know, is there a bigger meaning to the city? Is there a bigger meaning to the tiger? What does it all mean? Mm -hmm. So I tried to debunk some of the theories that people had thrown out there. The first one is the tiger representing drugs or addictive substances. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no. I think that's too specific. And I do have some history, too, with with some of these debunking of theories. Okay. So there was actually an interview with Bjorn and Frida, and I guess the underlying message was bringing up old memories from the 1970s. Bjorn had a quote, Coming from Sweden, we were always regarded as outsiders. We were never a part of that scene. And the scene he was referring to was kind of the drugs and debauchery of the 1970s. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Frida also agreed with that. And she said that they just led totally different lives from other artists of the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And Bjorn even referred to the group as squeaky clean. He even made a, a joke that they were never approached by anybody, you know, after concerts or anything like that. People just knew that they they were squeaky clean. So mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think this one's about drugs. I don't think it was a part of their lives. And I don't think. Yeah, they, I don't they think they, they would have written it. about it. Nope. Yeah. OK, so drugs is out. The next theory, stalkers. Ooh. Maybe. I think this is is a possibility. Yes. Because it came out later that Agneta was dealing with some stalkers during her ABBA fame. Mm Mm-hmm. And even after her ABBA fame, there was was actually reported one one stalker that got a little too close and actually bought a house next to hers. In Florida? No. (laughs) Maybe? Sure. No, but um, according to the documentary, Abba Behind the Blonde, this guy, I can't pronounce his name, but he had become obsessed with her at an early age when Mm -hmm. he saw Abba perform on Eurovision. And so he pursued her throughout the 1980s and 1990s. And then finally, she applied a a restraining order against him in, in 2000. And then in 2003, he was arrested again after neighbors saw him back in Sweden and near her home. Hmm. So potentially it could be something about stalkers. Yeah. However, ABBA was very private and I don't think they wanted to bring that up in their music. So I'm going to say that that theory is debunked. Tiger is not about stalkers. Okay, my two more likely theories, Lauren. I love the work you're doing, Julie. Lauren, I did a lot of work on this one. I'm really impressed. I didn't study the the musicality of the song so much this time, and I'm happy yeah. that that you did. Because mm-hmm. it just, it's more like a pop rock kind of song, and there wasn't like too much going on that was too special. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of dove deep into the lyrics and, and the rest of this. So to me, the most reasonable meaning of this song and of tiger is i think it is just the hazards of a city Hmm. 
and like I said before, the city is the common entity in the song. Mm-hmm. It's described in many ways. They keep going back to, oh, the city is a jungle. It's a nightmare. It's a dream. It's a prison. And I think they only mention the word jungle to link it to the word tiger in yeah. the song. It's interesting, though, because like looking at the lyrics, at the end of all the verses and all the choruses, they say, of me... I am the tiger. It's me. Right. I'm it's the me. tiger. Yeah. I'm the tiger. Of me. I am the tiger. Mm-hmm. I am the tiger. Tiger, tiger, tiger. So, like, why would they, why would ABBA want to equate themselves to the tiger and then equate the tiger to the city? Why would they want to equate themselves to the city? Why would they equate themselves to the city? I think mm-hmm. the only real link between ABBA and the city is that they were somewhat homebodies. I'll say. Okay. They yep. they did not want to be in the city where there's a lot of hustle and bustle. They, um, in that interview I mentioned, they, they, you know, talked about how they were at home a lot of the time. So they didn't meet these drug dealers or whatever. <laughs> right. So I think for them, they liked a more quiet life. And I think that's why Bjorn wrote, wrote it about the city um, in this case. But I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think. I don't know. I was just curious. I think also it makes yeah. sense for the times because the 1970s were a, a kind of dangerous era of urbanism. Yes. A lot of economic turmoil. There was an mm-hmm. oil crisis. The 1970s in New York City were especially dangerous. And mm-hmm. ABBA may have been aware of this during that time because of how widely publicized it was. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of makes sense that it would be about an actual city. Right. Just going up another level, I guess. (laughs) The city could be life itself, and the tiger is anything and everything that could go wrong in life, or maybe the tiger is humanity and being human. Hmm. Interesting. So life could be a prison it could be a jungle a nightmare a dream and then the tiger which is you and and your all of your imperfections and all of the kind of bad parts i guess of being human including like pain death fear sickness etc i'll always find you you can't escape being human that threat is always there it's always there yeah because you are human Hmm. i like that better i think than the city Yeah, I guess that's a more metaphorical and more kind of melancholic. It's a more... Applicable? Yeah, applicable. Universal experience? Yes, Mm -hmm. instead of just, we don't like cities. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Although that could have been what it was, a more literal sense. We don't like the cities. They're they're dangerous Mm -hmm. places or... Yeah, and maybe for ABBA, like that tiger that's always there, that's always stalking them is like their imminent fame. You know what I mean? Yes, I do like that theory that you said too. It's like their ego's getting too big. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that would be their downfall. So mm-hmm. I do like that. Hmm. It's a tough nut to crack, Lauren. It is. It is. Yeah. But if we have our dew claws, we can <laughs> we can crack that nut. <laughs> we can crack that nut. <laughs> oh man, this podcast. I'm sorry. But no, that was good. That was my theoretical journey that I went on this evening. That was really impressive. Thank you. Hopefully it comes across well. You've made up for some of the 
trials and tribulations you put us through over the last two years. Oh, did I? Yep. You think some so? of them. Some hmm. of them. Some of them. Okay. Let's not get greedy. Yeah. Wow. It is a good song, Lord, but it's it's nothing special to me other than hmm. I spent a lot of time looking into what it means. Yeah. Otherwise, musically, I don't know. I like it. I think it's fun. Okay. Very good. I think the melody is really captivating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really it builds that that major crescendo at the end, which I think is really cool. Mm, yes, the crescendo too. Uh, even though it's, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit off. It's a little too sharp for me. You don't like when things sound sharp. No, I don't like sharp. No, no. But uh, mm. it, again, it makes sense if there's a lot of fear in this person. Right. Yeah. Oh well. Great job, Julie. Good job to you. I'm impressed. Well done. Yeah. Well done. I'm going to put chapstick on. I think this is a good time <laughs> to put chapstick on. A and good intermission. Take, take a break. Me too. Now that we have exercised our brain muscles. We need to exercise our chapstick muscles. Yes, we do. And then when we get back, we're going to dive right into what's out. Yes. <laughs> What's happening this week? <laughs> you exercised your brain muscles a little too hard that time. They're too hard. But first, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you join our Patreon. We've got cool stuff over there. You know the deal. We've got episodes. We've got... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We got, we got episodes, we got magnets and stickers and live streams and <laughs> much, much more. Lots of chaos and much more. Yes. You can find us at patreon.com slash 2YFTM. Shout out and big thank you to BigCon250 and to Nora, our solid gold Patreon members. Whoop. Thank you very much. We'd love if everyone out there became one of our Swedish meatballs. Please. Now back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Julie. Lauren. Speaking of one of our Swedish meatballs. Speaking of. Do you want to hear a very special audio message we received? Oh, I do. Yes. Today? Okay. Yes. Okay. So we'll play it. Now. Hello, friends. It's Julie. No, the voice message is not for me, although that would be a pretty good prank for the next time I get to edit the podcast. I just wanted to give some context since we forgot our manners and did not properly introduce our voice message guest while recording. We received a really thoughtful and insightful message from one of our favorite Swedish meatballs, Julia, about the song from one of our previous episodes, That's Me. And we asked her if we could share it with you all on the show. It really is a great take, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Take it away, Julia. Hi, Julia and Lauren. Um, so sorry this is late. Um, moving uh, halfway across the state while also starting a new job um, is so much fun, and I highly recommend that everyone try that once in their life. Um, this is Julia, very proud Swedish meatball very proud Julie cousin. Um, and yeah, I think that that's me is one of ABBA's most underrated songs, especially in the media today. 
Um, it's kind of been a trend going around on TikTok and other social media sites that people kind of want to be the main character in their own lives, especially with what's been happening in the pandemic is that people kind of feel like their lives are out of their own control. And I feel like through this kind of main character movement that people want to romanticize the simple things in their life and kind of take control of them. And I feel like this song kind of really encapsulates that rom-com energy that I'm not one of those girls energy. I'm my own person. I mean, you kind of have lyrics like, you know, I'm Carrie, not the kind of girl you'd marry. Um, there's even a line that's, you know, mild and meek, like the girl next door, kind of making fun of that. Oh, I'm not your everyday kind of girl. I'm unique. I'm different. Um, which I think is really interesting that this song hasn't been taken up in the media as much as some of the other um, ABBA songs like Angel Eyes is not one of the kind of top tier ABBA songs that you would think of, but that was trending on TikTok for a while. And the same with Why Did It Have to Be Me that um, kind of through viral um, memes and dances and stuff that those songs have gotten really popular, but it's just kind of really surprising that this song, which is very catchy, very fun, um, easy to sing along to, um, and also just kind of, it's a very fun and carefree song, but it also is kind of like, it just feels like that opening scene that you watch in a romantic comedy of the lead actress just kind of, you know, going through her life, not caring what other people think about her, but deep down she definitely cares about what other people think about her, but she would never let anyone show. Um, and, yeah, I just think that this song really is kind of the the perfect main character song, and I think that um, people should really, really check it out more. Um, I think that it's as worthy as other songs like Angel Eyes to kind of go viral and be talked about more in the ABBA discography. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Lauren, what a special. It was really nice, right? Yeah, it was. She brought up some good points. She really did. Yeah. I like the one point that really took it home. You know? Yeah, when she talked about TikTok. Yes. And also Twizzlers. When she talked about Twizzlers, that was also an unexpected pleasantry. Yes. (laughs) She did actually talk about TikTok, so. I know. And also Twizzlers, so. Did she? I haven't, I don't, I've never, I haven't listened to it. Okay. (laughs) I have. And she talked about TikTok, but she didn't talk about Twizzlers. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Lauren, that was a great recording. I loved it, and I think more people, if they want to share their thoughts on any of the songs we've done so far, send us a little voice message, and we'll play it on the show. Yeah, that'd be great. We love it. How did they send it to us? Instagram. Instagram? Email. Okay. Email? Yeah. Okay. So that's probably the best two spots. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lauren, do you want to hear my peeping jam? Real quick. Oh... I have one one thing, Julie, to share. That 
a special 30th anniversary edition of Abba Gold will be released on September 23rd. Ooh. Yes, there's going to be a two-disc gold vinyl set. Mm-hmm. And then a two-disc CD set and a gold cassette version of the album. Nice. I think you might be able to pre-order them now or soon. Now? Now. So okay. go check them out if you're interested in getting a special 30th anniversary edition of Abba Gold. 30th. That's all I have. Julie. Okay. What is your PB&J this week? Lauren, my PB&J for this week is called On the Run. By the Jumpson Brothers. On the run. You have to listen to the whole thing now, Lauren. Okay. The song completely changes at about two minutes. The Jumpson Brothers. Ooh. The Jumpson Brothers formed in Nashville around 2010. You've been into this vibe recently. Yes. Yep. I think this season's PB and Jams for Julie are gonna be rock heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Thompson Brothers formed in Nashville, comprised of Chris Stapleton. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He was he your very first. He was my very first. PB and Jam. Yes, that wow. is. Wow. Yes. Way back when. Way back when. In the fancy days. The fancy days. But it's got Chris Stapleton on lead vocals. You've got George McKee, Bard McNamee, and JT Cure. I like it. And they are a southern rock group, or they were, before they disbanded, I believe, in 2013. 13, so then Chris Stapleton could go do his own solo thing and, you know, totally rock. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this song just it kills it. It's rocking. It's a good one. Like I said, it completely changes after two minutes, so you gotta listen to the whole thing to to get the whole vibe. I'm still listening through. Lauren, I shared with someone Florence and and the Machines Cassandra today. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And that's another one that you just have to listen to the whole darn thing. I love that song. Builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. I love that song. Just like I'm gonna do with my career. Build and build and build. Build and build and build. (laughs) Mmm. I like the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's really good, actually. Thank you. It's very reminiscent of, like, early metal days. Just running away with the guitar. Yep. Love it. All right, Lauren. Yes. Hit us with your PBN Jam. Julie, my PBN Jam this week is the song Buffalo by the Phoenix Foundation. I'm on the seafloor. You'll like it. Yeah, see, I told you you'd like it. I actually discovered this song in high school um, when I was hosting a French exchange student. And there's one day she's like, here, you can listen to songs on my iPod. And I listened and this one came up and I was like, ooh, I really like this one. So that was uh, how I discovered it. And the Phoenix Foundation is a New Zealand-based band that has been active since around 2003. They're not like super huge, but they are a really, really good band. They have some <laughs> jams of songs. This one I think is my favorite just because it was the original one, but I really like them. The things that I love about this song are the infectious guitar hook at the beginning. It's very just 
uh, I love the way it sets up the little like guitar run. It builds on it and then it builds even more before crashing into the first verse. I just absolutely love that first intro to the song. And I think that it is like an introduction to like a stage production or something. It's very kind of like theatric the way it, it builds and drops, but it's just so good. The vocals are also really, really good. I think they're like uniquely and interestingly designed and incorporated into the song. So it gives the song a unique identity. And then the bass is just jamming in the background. There's a little like swirling moment, a little swirling break in the middle. That's just so, so, so good. Um, And just the whole vibe of the song is like, kind of quietly subdued and content but extremely pleasant like you're spending a calm day hanging in your hammock or like you're having a nice drive to the beach or something like that it's a it's just a stellar song and I feel like I come back to it every couple months and just it just makes me feel so good so happy so a jam it is a good one I do like how it plays the same what is it four notes over and over again yes but that to me it doesn't get stale no no because they like add and drop other things around that but that is the common thread throughout the entire song Mm -hmm. um yeah that's a really good point Mm, so good there's a famous composer i can't think of his name but he does something similar I can't, I can't. He's a modern composer, too. It reminds me of Philip, like Philip Glass. Is that what you're thinking of? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you introduced me yeah. to him, right? Yeah, because I did yes. um, Music in 12 Parts. Yeah. Very similar. That's what it was. Yes, very mm-hmm. similar, where, except his, like, changes very, very slightly over the course of a 12-minute song. Mm-hmm. Um, this one stays the same, but it's still that same kind of, like, playing with different octaves and tones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the drum in this song is really, really good, too. It's got, yes. like, that heartbeat kind of broom, 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 broom yes. sound. Mm-hmm. Broom, yes. Broom, broom, it's fluttery. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm. well done. so good. Thank you. Thank you. I do love the song. But really, thank you to your French exchange student. Yeah, it gets me pumped up. Mm-hmm. Good. Are you going to go back to the gym now? When? Now? Oh, because I'm pumped up? Yeah, because you're pumped up. I didn't actually go to the gym. I'm sorry, Julie. (gasps) What? I spun outside instead. Oh, that's cool. That's all right. That's like going to the gym. It was really nice, actually. I spent like an hour. Good. It was really good. Glad to hear it. Lauren? Julie, uh... I realized, I was listening to one of our episodes today, I realized when I say Julia, it sounds like I'm saying Julia. I know. <laughs> but I'm saying, I know. But I'm saying Julie, uh, uh, like an <laughs> exasperated way. Julie. Uh. That's the only way to say my name is exasperated. Julie. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so. Or it's like you just drank some Coke and you're like, ah. Julie. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one better. <laughs> Julie, thank you for the music. Lauren, thank you for the music. Oh, of and, course. And thank you, everybody out there, for listening to the show. We really, 
really appreciate it. Yeah. We really do. It means the world to us that people still listen. It really does, actually. It's very and, it's very exciting. And when people talk to us, yes. too. That's a lot of fun. We love when people talk to us. We do. Yes. Where can people talk yeah, to us, Lauren? They can talk to us on Instagram. Send us a DM. Do it. And if it's not spam, we'll respond, probably. 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 <laughs> um, but we also have stuff on TikTok, which we never really post or check anymore, but we are there. And you can become a supporter of the show at patreon.com slash DYFDM, which we do check quite often and talk to people on quite often. Yes, very much. Very much. You can also listen to other episodes of Thank You for the Music at abapodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Julie, I'd just like to let you know that we're about, we're less than 500 downloads away from 10,000 downloads. Holy crap. Wow. So... Good job. That's what's up. That's what's up. It's cool. That's me. Don't forget to rate and review the show, especially on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And as always, thank you for the music. The songs, we're still (sighs) Julie. (laughs) Singing. trying to find a youtube video but it's two and a half minutes long and it's all just information i want oh. just the sound just give me just the sound give me just the tiger sound just literally tiger sounds learn animals with <laughs> what sound does a tiger make learn animals with kidopedia find out on this week's episode of thank you for the music it is very like <laughs> like a like a roaring sound yeah yeah <laughs> Truly, so so you don't like you're not great with languages, but you're really good with animal languages. I think that you're just studying the wrong things. Thank you. I'm impressed. <laughs>